the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. Resilience is the capacity to withstand, to recover, to rebound in the face of adversities and challenges without being damaged or without being deformed in any way. And actually, resilient people are really made stronger through adversity and through challenges in life. And today, in this introductory message, I want to help us to understand why resilience is so important in our lives. Why is it important that we know how to withstand and to bounce back from and recover and rebound in the face of adversity and challenges so that we're not damaged or deformed? Why is this so important to us and why is it so important it's raising resilient kids and adults? Number one, Developing resilience, as I've defined resilience for you, is preparing, here's what it is, it's preparing a person for the road rather than preparing the road for the person. How wonderful would it be if you could just plan the road of life for yourself or your kids? Wouldn't that be wonderful? You just plan your whole life in advance because here's what you and I would do. We would remove all of our obstacles. We would remove all of our curves. We would remove, remove all those hills and mountains and valleys that we can tend to experience in life so that we could soar through painlessly. Most of us want a pain-free life. True? It's very true. However, it's not the way life works. Life is not a pain-free adventure. In, fi- in fact, life is very unpredictable. Have any of you had your life turn in a direction you never anticipated it was going to turn in? Have you had a situation happen in your life that you never dreamed was going to happen that was tough, that was challenging, that was really quite hard for you to handle in your life? Life doesn't work this way for us or for our children. You can't plan a perfect life. It does not exist. And as much as we would like to prepare the road for ourselves or the road for our children, it is impossible to do so. That's what's called helicopter parenting, when you're trying to just make everything easy on your child. If we can't prepare the road for the child, what can we do? We can prepare the child for the road. Amen? Okay. So that's the job that we have as parents. You can't prepare their road for them any more than you can prepare your road for you, but you can prepare your child for whatever road they're going to experience in life. Because one day they're going to grow up and they're going to, in fact, even before they leave the house, they're going to face the ups and downs of difficulties at school and challenges with friends and all kind of issues they're going to face in the midst of their growing up years. And then when they leave your house and enter into their adult world, they're going to experience the ups and downs just like you have in your life. And they need something called resilience. 
Because if they don't have it, they're going to be damaged by life. They're going to be deformed in their spiritual journey. They will not be as healthy as God designed them to be. Let me talk to you about some people in Scripture who had great resilience, young people. Somehow their parents trained them well. It's the story of four people you know in the Old Testament book of Daniel. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Anybody remember those four guys in the Bible? Let's talk about them just for a moment. Who are they and what did they experience? Well, these four guys were, were, were Jewish. They lived in Jerusalem, Judah, at the time when God had predicted that the king from Babylon, King Nebuchadnezzar, was going to come down and take them, take Israel, or take Judah captive, I should say, and lead them into Babylonian captivity for 70 years. And indeed, Nebuchadnezzar did so. And the first thing that Nebuchadnezzar did is he got all of the, the very advanced and noble young people and took them to his kingdom first to train them the ways of the Babylonians. And so Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were four of those guys that were taken by King Nebuchadnezzar to Babylon to train in Babylonian uh, government, Babylonian responsibilities. They had great potential. When Daniel gets to Babylon, he realizes now the king has a certain training program for them, and part of the training program is they're going to be fed a certain kind of diet, and as soon as Daniel walks up to the table, the first day he sees practically everything that he can't eat, because he's Jewish. He's, he's kosher, if you will. There's certain requirements that have been placed on him by his commitment to the law of God, and so he realizes, I've got a problem here. What am I going to do? Had Daniel not had resilience, Daniel would have yielded and simply did what everybody else was doing, but Daniel had something inside of him. Somebody had placed something in the heart of Daniel that allowed him to resolve not to defile himself with the king's food, and so he makes a request to the king, would you allow me and my friends to eat a different diet? Just give us 10 days. And let us eat a different diet. And then you inspect us after 10 days and see how we're doing. And indeed, the king allowed them to do so. And they were able to maintain their convictions. And after 10 days, they looked healthier than all the other, uh, all the other young men that were a part of this training program. God proved himself to Daniel because there was a resilience in Daniel's heart and life. Let's go to chapter 3 of Daniel. King Nebuchadnezzar decrees one day, we're going to build a big golden image, and I want everybody in the land, when the, when the flutes and the trumpets play, I want them, whenever it is, whatever time of day it is, when they hear the trumpets and the flutes playing, they're to bow down toward the golden image. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, we're not going to bow to a golden image because that's an idol. We only worship the one true and holy God. And Nebuchadnezzar says, well, if you don't bow to the idol, you're going into the fire furnace. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said something to the king. Well, God is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace, but even if he chooses not to deliver us, we will not bow to the image of gold. We only worship the one true and living God. How could they do that? They did that because somebody put something in them called resilience. And, of course, you know the story. They're thrown eventually into the fiery furnace. It's been heated seven times hotter than it normally was. They're thrown into the fiery furnace. 
And the king comes back to check on them. And he looks down and he says, didn't we put three people in here? I now see four, and the fourth one looks like the Son of God. And they brought them out, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not only preserved from the fiery furnace, there was not even the smell of smoke on them at all. Resilience. Let's fast forward to chapter 6 of Daniel. Daniel has now been elevated to a very important place in the kingdom. There's a lot of jealousy toward him, and so... They're trying to somehow trap him and get him out of the influence of the king because now he's serving King Darius. And so they come up with this plan that for 30 days, everybody's going to have to pray to the king instead of praying to God. And the, if you don't pray to the king, here's the result. You're going to be thrown into the lion's den. So Daniel faces another challenge in this life. What, what am I going to do? Am I going to do what I should not do, pray to the king, which obviously he's simply a human being, or will I continue to pray to the God that I know is the real and true God? And Daniel made the decision that he was going to continue. The Bible says that as soon as he heard that decree, he goes back into his room, and he he bows his knee toward Jerusalem, and he prays three times a day, and he ends up in the lion's den. And you know the story, God shut the mouth of the lions, and Daniel is delivered. What allowed Daniel to say no to the food and the three Hebrew children to say, you know what, throw us into the fiery furnace and Daniel to say, I'm not going to pray to the king. I'm only going to pray to God. I'll tell you what allowed them to do that. Something called resilience. And dear ones, we as parents have a responsibility to do the best job we possibly can. Nobody's ever going to be a perfect parent. It's impossible to be a perfect parent. You can't always control exactly what a child is going to do in the future. But we have a responsibility to the next generation to do what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. Read it together with me aloud and loudly. This is the New King James Version. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. So developing resilience is preparing a person for whatever road their life will be rather than trying to prepare the road for your child or for your own life. Here's the second lesson for us today. Resilience is an inside job. You guys didn't know I was a basketball player, did you? This basketball is resilient. It's resilient because it has the right shape And it has the right amount of the right stuff on the inside. You change any of those things, you change the shape, or you change the right amount of the right stuff inside, you will not get that. Okay, You can't keep this ball down. Pressure brings it right back. This is resilience. Resilience is not about what's on the outside of you. Resilience is about what's on the inside. You can change the color of this ball... You can dress this ball in fancy clothes. You can put it in a BMW or you can put it in a Volkswagen. You can put it in a palace or you can put it in a shack. It doesn't matter where it is or what the external circumstances might be relative to this ball. It's not going to change 
the resilience of this ball because this ball has the right shape and it has the right amount of the right stuff on the inside. This is what you want your life to be, your life to be shaped the right way and filled with the right stuff and the right amount of the right stuff. And you want to shape your your child's life in the right way and make sure they go into life filled with the right amount of the right stuff so that when life gets hard, when things get difficult, when they hit bumps in the road, they bounce back. You bounce back, okay? That's called resilience. It's having the right amount of the right stuff and what in the right shape. What is the right shape? Well, the Bible says very clearly how we are to be shaped. We're all to be shaped in the image of Jesus. All of us need to be in each day of our life conforming to the image of Jesus. That day by day, we're being shaped into his likeness, becoming more and more like him. We need the right stuff. What is the right stuff? It is the Holy Spirit at work inside of us. And what is the right amount of the Holy Spirit? be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so we need to be full of the Spirit, the right Spirit of God at work in us, shaped in the image of Jesus, and that's what gives us resilience in life. When life gets hard and everybody else is losing it, everybody else has given up on life, everybody else is hopeless, we just keep bouncing back every time life gets hard. Why? Because we're shaped the right way. Okay. Not only are we shaped the right way, we also are shaping our children and filling them with the right stuff. This is all through the pages of Scripture. Paul prayed a prayer that I want you to see today, a prayer that we need to pray, and I will pray for you as we come to the end of today's message. But listen to this prayer of the Apostle Paul. Remember the point, resilience is an inside job. It's what's on the inside that matters. Think internal, not external. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives his name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit. Where? In your what? Inner being. In your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. And the church said, amen. Nowhere in the passage I just read to you will you find anything external. Everything that you see in that prayer that Paul prayed, and a prayer that's very important for you and me, everything is internal. To be resilient, we need inner strength. How do you get inner strength yourself? How do you impart it to your children? Here are some things to remember. First of all, it starts with a personal relationship with God. You have to have that personal relationship with God, and you have that through Jesus Christ. 
You come to faith in Jesus, it leads you into a personal relationship with God. Is that settled in your life? Are you training your children about the value of a personal relationship with God? The second thing that you need is a Bible-based worldview. You need to see the world through the Bible. Okay? Let the Bible define what you believe and what you know to be right and wrong. I'm going to come to this next one, then I'll sort of combine the two together. Also, Bible-based values. You need a Bible-directed worldview and a Bible-directed set of values. If you are getting, please listen to me today. If you're getting your view of how things, what is right and wrong, what is valuable or not, if you're getting your view from the world, you're being deceived. If you're getting your world of what is right, if you're getting your view of what's right and wrong, from the voices in our world, the voices in our media, dare I say it, yes, I'm going to say it, from the voices of celebrities, okay. if you're getting your value system from the voices of music artists and all kinds of people that are saying all kinds of things about what's right and wrong, and you're developing your values based upon what the world is saying to you, I'm telling you, you're not going to be resilient on the inside. To be resilient on the inside, you need something that is not going to change. Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, they had a Bible-based worldview. They had a Bible set of values that guided them through. They were not willing to compromise those because they understood what was right and they understood what was wrong. And I will say this as well before I move on to the next part. When you begin to take a stand in your own life relative to what is truly right and what is truly wrong, I promise you, you're not going to always be liked and you're not going to always be popular. And that's okay. okay. You've got to be okay with that being okay. okay. The question is, do, do you view the world from the value system, and the moral structure of Scripture. And then you desperately need a genuine personal faith. You need that. Your children need their own personal faith, a faith that says, I believe God cares about me, and He has promises for my life, and I believe that God's going to do good things inside of me, and I have a faith and a positive expectation about my future because I know my God. And then there needs to be a deep God-based security. Because I have faith in God, I know that He loves me, and He's going to always love me, and I'm secure in the love of God. Every person and certainly every child needs that sense of security that goes beyond just parental security, but a God-based security in their life. And then obviously that leads to a whole healthy and wholesome mindset that your mind, the way that people process in their thinking is a wholesome way, a healthy way of thinking, a holy way of thinking, because out of your thoughts come your actions as you think, so you will be. The first place that you get them is described in Deuteronomy. I'm going to write it on the screen because it's not on your notes. You get it first and foremost where? Not in the church, but you get it in the home. The home is meant to be the primary place for spiritual training and spiritual growth, not the church. Your home needs to be the primary place where your kids are getting their spiritual input because we as a church we only will have your children about an hour or two hours every week. It's impossible for us to give them everything they're going to need in their spiritual journey. So somebody at home needs to be doing their job. Can I get an amen right there? Okay. And just as much as you care about the academic development of your child and 
As much as you might care about the athletic development of your child and the social development of your child, I'm just going to say it like it is, you better be caring about the spiritual health of your child. Because that's the very thing that's going to carry them through life. You better be concerned about that. We all get so concerned what school they're going to and do they have enough athletic or extracurricular activities, all these kind of things. Oh, that's wonderful. Not against that. All that stuff is good. But you better be concerned about the spiritual dimension of your child because if you're not concerned about it, they're not going to get it. You're the one that will pass this on to them. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on whose children? Your children. Talk about them when you sit at church. No, it doesn't say church, does it? When you sit where? At home. And when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up, that's at home, okay? Take a look at what it continues to say. Tie them as symbols on your hands. Bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and your gates. The first place. The first stopping point, we might say, in developing your child's resilience happens in your home. Do you have a Christian home, not just Christian in name, but Christian in reality? Is there any spiritual training going on in your life? I read an article yesterday about Steph Curry. Many of you know Steph Curry, obviously, if you're a basketball fan. He talked about how much he valued the fact that his parents read to him the Bible when he was growing up. He's a, as far as I know, he's a, he's a committed Christian today that loves the Lord. But it started with his, his mom and dad reading Scripture to him in the family, in the home. So the first place these, this resilience is going to happen, it happens spiritually in the home. The second place is in the church. You need church and your kids need church. I mean, just let that settle right there for a minute. You need church and your children need church, okay? I'm getting, a, we're getting there, okay? You need church and your children need church, okay? Now, I'm preaching to the choir today because you're at church, okay? That's great. So it's a good thing for you to remind somebody else of. You already know this. You're here, okay? Look at what the Scripture says. Not giving up what? Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. One of the saddest things for me about the COVID season, I understand it. I understand that we were in a a pandemic and it was what it was and we had to deal with it from a safety health standpoint. I get that. One of the saddest things to me about the fact that uh, we had to be outside of church, not gathering together for an entire year here in our community was the fact that children, while they were obviously having an opportunity to get some spiritual input at home, we did the best job we knew how to do to provide some of those resources online for you. Uh, They were missing the opportunity of being together in the house of God. We missed it as adults. I can't tell you how joyous it was for me. The first time after COVID, I was able to come back and be on a corporate gathering of worship. I had tears in my eyes. I realized, my goodness, I really missed this. Not giving up meeting together. So you learn it at home. You learn it in church. But there's one other place where your kids are learning this, and you learn it as well. 
And that's through, I'm going to write the word down because these are not on your notes, through your, what? Your companions. Whether you realize it or not, your children's friends are influenced them sometimes far more than you are. If you're not careful. Do not be misled. Bad company does what? Corrupts good care. If you're a parent, you have a responsibility knowing who your kids' friends are. Kids need adults in their life. Amen? Okay? So you learn these things through home, through church, and through companions. Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus, I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.